0: the following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Well,
1: well, it's Sunday, it's Mother's Day.
0: Happy... Mother's Day.
1: Happy murders uh, Mother's Day. <coughs> Sorry. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. It's Joanne and Mike Murder Amongst Friends. Yeah. Recording on Mother's Day. Wee. And unlike
0: other true crime professionals, <laughs> we show up on Mother's
1: Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we had actually had plans tonight.
0: Yeah. Mike. We were going to go see a lecture called The Psychology of Serial Killers
1: at the Wilbur in Boston. Yeah. Shout out to the Wilbur. Shout out to Boston.
0: Yeah. You know, Michael was nice enough to to buy these
1: tickets (laughs) months ago for us, and uh, they canceled it like fucking two days ago. Yeah, which is bullshit.
0: Booked parking
1: ahead of time. Yeah, man, we had a whole night plan. We were at a whole murder fiesta night plan. We were gonna fucking get involved, you know? Canceled by event organizer. Cool.
0: So we'll have to do our own psychology. Thanks for
1: shitting on my Mother's Day, the Wilbur.
0: (laughs) Well, the story I have this week isn't uh, serial killer. Okay. It's kind of a a one-off. Okay. Um, But this one struck me when I came across it, and you will take about a sentence and a half to figure out why (laughs) it struck me. Okay. So for the sake of getting right to it, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it, man. This is the story of the Mitchell brothers. Ooh. I love murder bros. (laughs) By now... Everyone probably knows I love movies. Yes. I came across this story because the newest edition of the A24 magazine features. A24
1: a f- is the studio that Michael is obsessed with. And also, I, if Florence Pugh is oh ever listening, <laughs> could you just get on the Instagram? It's Murder Amongst Friends at the Instagram, at Murder Amongst Friends. No, nope, MAF Podcast Show. It's at.
0: I mean, if you search it, it'll come and up.
1: It'll come up. But it's at MAF Podcast Show. Can you just say hi to Mike? I mean. He'll die happy. And then like instant, I get it. I guess instantly. I get a new podcast host at that point. Yeah. But because It would be worth it because you would die with a big smile on oh your face God, cause you because you love her so
0: much. And midsummer is like pristine for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Can you imagine if Florence Pugh
0: actually oh my God. was like, I really
1: <laughs> like your podcast, Mike, 60%, yeah, Michael. 60%
0: for me, yeah. I would,
1: 25% Harley in the background yeah. <laughs> and 15% Joanne. Yeah,
0: okay. there we go. Um, and I don't want to be that guy. Well,
1: actually, no. 10% Joni, Billy Maroney.
0: Of course.
1: 5% Joanne in the background. Yeah. Let's not forget Joan.
0: Yeah. Every once in a while. I was a happy Mother's Day, Joan.
1: Joni, Happy Mother's Day. She's a mom. Is she? You tell me, Michael. <laughs> uh, those
0: those files are sealed. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be that guy, but I was kind of on the A24 tip before most everybody. No, you were you were that guy. You yeah. are that guy. Yeah. So, so anyway, Sometimes the A24 a tip magazine is all you
1: need. <clears throat> all right, <laughs> all right. That's my only one. Okay.
0: So the A24 magazine is like a quarterly thing, and it's it's usually based around something that they're releasing. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: back when the whale was making its uh, Oscar push, the whole magazine was just like a Brendan Fraser fanzine, like okay. the whole issue. So this. Uh, edition mm-hmm. happened to be about movies that were advertised but never made. Oh. So it's this whole phenomenon that kicked off in, in kind of the sixties and really lasted all the way into kind of the home video. Like era movies that
1: just couldn't get funding or
0: well, they would place ads in Variety or other trade magazines around Cannes, around these other festivals, trying to get distributors and other people to oh,
1: sink see. their money yeah, yeah, in.
0: Yeah based on the promise of either involved talent, a poster, a log line, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was, there was a lot of stuff out there, like for all of these movies, starring people that you've definitely heard of that mm-hmm. never got made. Yeah. So I came across this poster for an unmade film, which was illustrated by R. crumb. So I don't know if you're familiar, if anybody's familiar with American splendor, this kind of underground comic strip mm-hmm. that he drew. He's Big curmudgeon, like, sex deviant, like, just a so, weird, dude So, like, your twin. Guy. Sure. That's
1: <laughs> uh, curmudgeon he's sex deviant.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, R. crumb illustrated this thing, and it was set to be produced by the Mitchell brothers. Uh, so, the movie in the poster that I saw never got made, just like countless others, but due to the caption for the poster, mm-hmm. uh, it mentioned that this duo worked together until one of them killed the other. Ooh. I was intrigued. Oh what? Yeah. So let's get started. Okay, yes, please. Jim Mitchell was born in nineteen forty three and Artie Mitchell was born in nineteen forty five. Okay. Their father, Bob, was a professional gambler, which somehow didn't translate into a rough childhood for the boys. He was like good at it. He's good at it, Yeah. yeah. So they grew up in Antioch, California, and they were said to have a stable childhood. They were popular in school, and some of their friends from that time would actually become members of their businesses later on.
1: This is how every intervention episode starts.
0: (laughs) After high school in the mid-60s, Jim, the older brother, went on to be a part-time filmmaking student at San Francisco State University with aspirations of becoming a, quote, important director. Uh, And the important director that he name-checked that he wanted to be like was... Roman Polanski. No, nope. no. Nope. Little <laughs> did he know. You know how
1: many directors there are to <laughs> yeah. pick from that don't like rape children. Yeah. I mean, little you, did that he ha- know. Oh, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on.
0: Any and all.
1: Fatty Arbuckle <laughs> oh, also boy. was producing movies, oh, my God. and let's not talk about if that whole fuck. We should do an episode. We should on do it.
0: a Fatty Arbuckle episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> because that is that is real bad, outrageous, real bad. Yeah.
0: Uh, so while in school, Jim figured out his way into the industry. Okay. While well, he worked for a theater uh, called the Follies, and uh, this theater showed brief, plotless movies yeah. that featured pretty much exclusively naked actors. Men in so women? it was like proto porn, kind of. Um,
1: but was it sexual, or were they just like I'm mowing the lawn and I'm naked, woohoo!
0: Like it started that way, <laughs> where it was just <laughs> yeah. They're actually uh, Hersher Gordon Lewis made a bunch. Um, Russ Meyer obviously made a ton. Um, they were called nudie cuties, where <laughs> they weren't hardcore. Yeah, but Self it was. So called porn, Michael. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I've been called a nudie cutie in my day. <laughs> it was exploitation yeah. before exploitation was a thing. Right. So it was literally just there were a, so many like quote unquote documentaries yeah. about like nudist resorts, mm-hmm. just as an excuse to have, to naked, have people, naked people on yeah, film up on screen, okay. and they're just like playing <laughs> volleyball. Yeah. Um, so that was a big, big thing in like the sixties right. and early seventies. I asked 70s. you to
1: stop recording our cookouts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, so he noticed that every night the theater would fill up with all the local jerk offs who came to jerk off at the onscreen. screen oh, come on. He had to do it. Like at the Columbus in Providence yeah. used to
1: be a sex theater yeah. and now it's an indie theater. Yeah. I mean, they, steam, Similar, they, they yeah, steamed I mean,
0: the seats. They steam cleaned everything. Yeah, okay. Stop it. Uh, his, light bulb mo- his light bulb moment was realizing that porn was potentially highly lucrative and something yeah. he and his brother could exploit. Yeah. Artie had recently been discharged from the army and was ready to get into business with his brother.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay. In 1969,
0: with the help of Artie's wife, the two brothers leased and renovated a rundown two story building on O'Farrell Street in San Francisco. They converted the space into the O'Farrell Theater and turned the second floor into their makeshift film studio. Mm-hmm. They, raised, they managed to raise a bit more money and they rented a larger space to actually shoot films themselves. So they started as just a theater with right. kind of like, we'll buy some shit, yeah. and they had an office, and now they're kind of a, a production company. Mitchell Brothers are uh, on the grind. Yeah, luckily for the Mitchell Brothers, porn patrons tended to be forgiving audiences. Well... Even- <laughs>
1: They're not there for the
0: plot, Michael. Well, exactly. They're not there for the en Said the chiaroscuro, <laughs> Michael. Because even their fans would rate the Mitchells' filmography between mediocre and atrocious. <laughs> uh-uh. Jim is even quoted as saying, "The only art in porn is my brother, Artie. Uh- he, he wasn't starring in it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah." The O'Farrell Theater officially opened on July fourth, nineteen sixty-nine, and was fourth of,
1: Ju- fourth of July nineteen. 19- 69. I see what they did there. Yeah. Okay.
0: And was nearly immediately under the scrutiny of local authorities. Well, wow. The brothers were constantly defending their business, but managed to expand and open other theaters in California. No matter where they operated, locals and elected officials constantly tried to shut them down. They didn't let the constant legal trouble slow them down, though. They incorporated as Cinema 7, headquartered out of the O'Farrell office. hmm and in 1972, produced the project that would put them on the map. Yeah. Or at least the map of diehard porn okay, fans. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jim and Artie produced a movie called Behind the Green Door, starring a former Ivory Snow model named Marilyn Chambers. I. This was her first porn movie.
1: Don't want to say I think I've seen that, but I think I might. I mean, have it's possible. It's one of those.
0: It. I'll get. To it, but it's it rose to kind of the level of like Debbie does Dallas, right? Deep yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, uh, so this was Marilyn Chambers, who's kind of a OG yeah. porn star. <clears throat> this was her first right. movie, she was a, a model prior, but this was her first movie. The budget for the movie was 60,000 and went on to gross over 25 million.
1: <gasps> I thought you guys. Was- You're gonna say the budget was like 60 bucks. It was just naked Marilyn, did her own hair and makeup, (laughs) and the 60 bucks was basically for the cleaning supplies. After
0: well, well, yeah. Uh, so oh no, the 70s was the era of mainstream porn, like I just mentioned. Debbie does Dallas, and Deep Throat made truckloads of money, right? And the Mitchells wanted to ride that same wave. Don't say ride that, (laughs) (laughs) don't say ride that. It's the motion of the Uh, ocean, okay. Uh, they use their Green Door profits to finance several described as fairly lavish, hardcore movies for <laughs> the next decade. Yeah. You know, all about the production. in live and Technicolor. So here are some titles. Let's see if any.
1: Are yeah, <laughs> You're going to out me right now? Let's, let's see what kind of a perv you are. How many of these have you seen? Okay, go.
0: Resurrection of Eve in 1973. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days in 1975.
1: I've heard of these, have not seen them.
0: CB Mamas, never 1976. Heard, never
1: heard of it. CB, like CB Radio?
0: I'm assuming so. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Autobiography of a Flea, 1976. Nope. Never a Tender Moment, 1979. <laughs> and never
1: a Tender Moment? Never. Just a
0: always moment. fucking rough. Oh, yeah. Rough and ready. And Beyond Dassault, 1979. <laughs> Marquis Dassault? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Mitchells also foresaw the importance of home video, and were the first to make their titles available like on real
1: to re- like real to reels or
0: like like VHS. Okay, and they would actually advertise them in national sex magazines, and they were like on the home video front before. Now, I
1: know that anybody. I told you this before. Yeah, that when I was <clears throat> let's see, very early eighties. So we're talking, I'm like five, six, yeah. seven, not even single so digits, regardless. four, five, six. Yeah. I distinctly recall my parents were even still together, so I had to be
0: teeny tiny. less
1: than six, yeah, four to six, I'd say. I remember in my apartment, all my friggin' cousins. I mean, I had like twelve co- yeah. boy cousins on my father's side, one girl cousin. All my aunts and uncles, and we all jammed into my living room. Oh boy, to watch reel real to real, real. Oh yeah, Superman. Oh, and The Godfather, one and
0: like on Super Two. 8?
1: Unlike the thing you had to, you had to like yeah. load the two reels, and we had a big sheet or something hung up against the wall.
0: I mean, you were watching sixteen <clears> millimeter <throat> stuff, I'm sure.
1: Like, I can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, they're like. We're doing uh, right. you know, what was the Marquis de one? Hey. Yeah. We're on a reel to reel? Can you imagine getting everybody together and going, We're watching films this weekend, we're guys? We're
0: watching uh Sodom and Gomorrah the last seven days. <laughs> seven days. Oh get ready, everybody. We're watching we're the watching, autobiography of a flea. We're
1: watching <laughs> Never a Tender Mo Never Never a Tender Moment. What's yeah, it called? That's correct. Yeah, never a tender moment. Yeah. Everybody pile in.
0: So, in 1985, they got the bright idea to make a sequel to Behind the Green Door. (laughs) Okay. They hired Sharon McKnight, who was a cabaret singer and frequent movie collaborator of theirs, to direct and, uncharacteristically, chose to cast the film exclusively with amateur performers, even though they had the money and name recognition to cast people with more pull. Right. More audience. Yeah. You know, recognition.
1: But sometimes I feel like that detracts like it distracts you you know that movie is it nine songs and it's like with Anne Hathaway it's two no it's like two unknown people they actually have sex on film I think it's called nine songs
0: and like there's like
1: nine songs that play in the background of their relationship it was like basically unscripted yes yes you know what I'm talking about yes but if that was like let's say Brad Pitt and whoever right Right. you're not you're distracted because now yeah. you're like, this is Brad Pitt. Well, naked. You know what right, I mean. Right.
0: But that's the mm-hmm. difference, right? You're you're distracted in the movie, by and enjoying the movie and consuming the movie that way. But from the maker's standpoint, they got your money because you knew Brad Pitt was in sure. it. Sure. So they don't care about the actual product. So that's that's the problem with this industry. But we're not going to talk about that because that's not we're not a movie podcast. Also.
1: Writer's strike.
0: Yes. Solidarity get that forever. Solidarity and
1: yes. get, get that cash. And fuck AI. Fuck Sorry, AI. Sorry. I just got so aggressive. No, I okay, mean,
0: <clears throat> we won't talk about that either because we're yeah. not an AI podcast, but I have no AI No AI forever, <laughs> no
1: AI forever
0: yeah. for Mike. All right. The Mitchell Brothers... You're going to love this sentence. No. The Mitchell brothers auditioned virtually every newcomer who responded to their ads. <laughs> yeah, I bet they fucking did. Yeah, I bet they fucking yeah. did. Which they advertised the film in sex tabloids and also variety. Oh, <laughs> A handful of O'Farrell dancers accepted small roles because in addition to, in addition to the theater, they yeah. had live cabaret and all of yeah. that kind of stuff there. Um, so they had some small roles. One of them asked to be cast as gloria the female lead in the film okay which was the role originally played by marilyn chambers she was not part of the sequel she was obviously too big a name at that point and was like no while mcknight considered the house dancer for that part artie mitchell's girlfriend at the time who then chose the stage name missy manners cast herself as gloria she I'm knew sorry, the producer. Is, she
1: the, is she the casting director?
0: She knew the producer. Also, your
1: boyfriend's just like fine with you like, get, yeah, get in there, get involved, well, make bad decisions, Artie, we're going to get
0: in involved. Artie, I think, kind of rotated through many of the performers at.
1: Ah, uh, so that was his girlfriend at, at, the, at the time. time. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Filming for the sequel occurred mainly in the O'Farrell Theater and took only one day.
1: <laughs> Efficient.
0: Yeah. The casting of the producer's girlfriend turned out not to be best for the project. Who would okay. have thought? Missy was inexperienced at acting, but more importantly for the setting, she was also terrible public at sex. sex. <laughs> she reportedly had a lot of trouble performing. But in what front did of... she
1: think? You 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 begged for this role. You yeah. put yourself in this role. Yeah. Well, what did you think was going to happen, honey?
0: She had a lot of trouble performing in front of the crew, creating tension on the set, <laughs> which. You know, only was you gotta a be dent.
1: a personality that's like, hey, I mean, hey, guys, check this out! Like, how much you tension, gotta be an exhibitionist?
0: How much tension can you create on a porn set where the whole production Hopefully takes lot, one day? You know what I mean? Well, the kind yeah. of tension that they're talking about yeah. for in one—it's one day. How yeah. bad? How can bad you is screw the tension? Yeah. I
1: mean, and you're not filming; it's not like us. You're not filming for sixteen hours. Let's right. face it. I mean, right. it's probably like a twenty-minute
0: shoot. Well, actually, some of that tension. Uh, manifested itself by Jim flipping out on an O'Farrell manager in front of the entire cast and crew because the catered lunch wasn't what he wanted. He
1: pulled a Christian
0: bale. Sure did, because the catered lunch was wrong. Oh, God forbid. It was that kind of environment. Uh, The Green Door sequel was also the world's first safe sex film Uh, in which all the men wore condoms and Did they, like, on purpose,
1: like, go... In the movie, like they made it a point to like show them putting the condoms on. And can we get the? Let's get. Do you have it?
0: I do not. But can we get it? I'm sure. Let's get it. Yeah. Uh, Well, not only did they all wear condoms, the uh, (laughs) walk around set. Self protection advice was given to the audience by one of the characters. Like, like he broke the fourth wall and it was like it was down (laughs) down camera. Practice safe sex, everybody. Like, I don't know. That's I mean, you should anyway, but whatever. Uh,
1: I don't know that. The guys in the theater whacking off are like, you're right. I should have wore a condom. Would have been a lot less cleaned up for these ushers. These ushers are like, yeah, can you fucking guys wear Jimmy, please?
0: Well, now, this is going to be a reference that nobody is going to get except for us. Okay. Richard Ayoade has a game show in the UK where he's ostensibly the host, but the guests that he bring on – are the hosts of this game show and he gives them each a round to do to host, yeah. To to ask questions, and the other panelists have to, to guess, including him. Catherine Ryan did a round about terrible excuses given <laughs> by boyfriends. Yeah. So whenever that comes up, like masturbating with a condom on, I <laughs> can only think of this round oh, no. because she said, I found a used condom. In my boyfriend's trash. Oh that no! Wasn't Did for he me. say he jerked he off said, into it? He described it as quote a posh wank. No. So that's all I can think of. No.
1: He's <laughs> a lying sack of shit.
0: Yeah. So anyway, back to the story. A posh wank. Uh, highly over budgeted at two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh
1: my god, that's a quite lot a bit more than the sixty k that the first then. one Holy carried. Uh,
0: the first, you know, the original cost sixty k. Uh, behind the green door, of the sequel according to adult magazines,
1: was one of the
0: worst (laughs) porn pictures ever made.
1: That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot, man.
0: For a porn
1: movie? They're all kind of terrible. Yeah,
0: I didn't include this, but I remember reading it that the reviews were like, yeah, the actors are why this is terrible. So they just like the cast have people. you
1: ever been on any porn site like have well, you ever I seen mean, a porno and you go I don't you know what that was about,
0: riveting I don't think they're talking about their gravitas I, in, the, it, in the dramatic scenes okay, I think but, they're actually talking about the performance yeah that so
1: they suck but yeah. have you watched any like oh uh, plumber well, I didn't see you there I'd like to clean your putt like this isn't
0: <clears throat> yeah, no. stellar
1: acting yeah, by no. any I, stretch I,
0: I, think, I think they're categorizing it that because the actual like sex acts <laughs> so are, we
1: gotta get a hold of yeah. this Let's get A. Hey, let's get the first one.
0: Yeah. Do and a then the second yeah, one. Well,
1: and then we'll we'll be like,
0: okay, yeah. we'll review. In the mid-70s, low-level organized crime began making unauthorized copies of the Mitchells movies. Ooh. And the brothers retaliated in court <laughs> when one judge ruled that obscene material could not receive copyright protection. The brothers what? Yeah says and who? Well, a lower says court him, but like, give me a fucking break. Obscenity wasn't protected, which just reminds me of oh, the fucking Pam and 90s. Tommy.
1: What about Pam and Tommy? Like they they well, stole but, their. Well, I was but, just talking on. to Julia.
0: Because this is why, <clears throat> the brothers appealed it all the way up to the Fifth Circuit, and that led to the FBI copyright warnings that are found on all home video now. Cool. Is because of them, including porn, right? So everything, every intellectual property. No matter how many times it's copied and redistributed is protected by, now, this copyright law. So it's because of the Mitchell. Well, then
1: how come Pam and Tommy got fucking the shaft on that? Because that was actually stolen from them. That's like, actually com- that's stolen. That's more complicated. Yeah.
0: But, uh, because that's more, that's not necessarily intellectual property. That's not necessarily, it wasn't made for distribution purposes. It was a stolen item. Okay, so it's not but necessarily... then it was
1: distributed. Yeah, so. it's,
0: it's. But it was distributed by somebody else. So did they own? It's it's very complicated in this context. Yeah. I, it, yeah, that's bullshit. It, it should never have no. gotten out. It should never have been. She should never have been judged the way no, she was. No. What it's that's a different story.
1: Hasha, yeah. we love you, Pammy. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, the O'Farrell Theater was frequently raided on obscenity charges, right? Leading to over two hundred cases against the brothers, according to Artie's daughter named Liberty Bradford Mitchell, Ooh. the brothers were arrested and jailed more than 180 times what? each. Jesus Christ. The family even euphemistically referred to those times as business trips.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, remember that guy was like, yeah, my buddy was away. Yeah. And his mother was <laughs> yeah. taking care of his, his car. car for him. And I was like, Michael,
0: what? that means he was in jail
1: in case yeah. you didn't know.
0: Yeah. As high profile members of the community, They crossed paths with some other big names of the time, including, now I just pulled out, there were a lot of names on this list. I pulled out the ones that you're most likely to know. Arrowsmith. Oh, okay. Huey Newton. Okay. Black Panther leader. And Jack Palladino, who would come to be known as the world's most expensive PI. Uh, Also. He's a private dick. Hunter S. Thompson was a frequent visitor to oh, the O'Farrell Theater. Oh,
1: well, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> the brothers even made a 30-minute documentary about Hunter S. Thompson in yeah. 1988 called Hunter S. Thompson, The Crazy Never Die.
1: <laughs> well.
0: I do want to try to we find that. We should
1: get that because yeah. I feel like that's right up your little deviant alley.
0: <clears throat> Thank you. In a book that Thompson published in 2003 – he claimed that the Mitchells smuggled guns for the IRA. Yeah. But who knows if that's actually true? Yeah. Or a drug-addled delusion. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. The brothers also supported various underground cartoonists, including R. Crumb, who ended up illustrating that poster that made me find this story right. in the first place. Jim, ever the entrepreneur, <laughs> launched a publication called War News to <laughs> protest the first Gulf War. Okay. And R. Crumb. Designed the logo. Huh. Other contributors to that
1: Look at them trying to publication legit, you know?
0: included Hunter S. Thompson, Michael Moore, and many oh. others. The publication drew little support, though, in Foldly shortly after it <laughs> was defeated. <laughs> right. That's a ragtag bunch of misfits, if yeah. I've ever heard. So despite the financial success of the brothers, their personal lives weren't as stable as their upbringings. Artie's first wife and mother to three of his six children... Meredith Bradford went to law school using Artie's money and after graduating she represented the brothers until she was fired by Jim her over uncle, a conflict her oh her dad involving no Meredith was Artie's wife okay her
1: uncle Jim her, Uncle Jimmy
0: her brother-in-law Jim Jim is Artie's said he, brother
1: no yeah I thought you said the. the oh his wife went to law school yeah, I thought you said one of his me. six kids went to law school no she's oh, the like,
0: mother of three of the, the six. three of six yeah so her brother-in-law uh, fired her as their <gasps> counsel yeah. over a conflict involving his kids' manners, Jim's kids, at her family's vacation home in Massachusetts. What does that have to do with legalities? They, his kids were probably acting like dipshits. Right. She was like, get your kids under control. This right. is my family's house. Yeah. And he was like, well, fuck you very much. You're fired. Okay. That seems to be how it all okay, went.
1: Okay, your out. kids suck.
0: Yeah. In 2011... Jim's son, Rafe, (laughs) Sure it is. was convicted of murder Oh my God! for beating his ex-girlfriend to death.
1: Holy I had to find a separate
0: article because everything else that I found was like, Rafe was convicted of murder. I'm like, what did he do though? What
1: the heck?
0: (laughs) So he beat his ex-girlfriend to death. That's a story. That's
1: amazing. I mean, holy shit, this whole family is just
0: like... In May 2014, Artie's daughter, Jasmine, a meth addict, was arrested for participating in an identity theft ring.
1: I'm, I'm, you can't see me at home, but I'm sitting here with my (laughs) eyes wide open and my mouth agape. Like, this is crazy. Okay.
0: In the biography about the brothers, the author describes them as always fighting with each other and everyone else, vacillating between cheap and extravagant, but always misogynistic.
1: They're the Gallagher brothers. (laughs) Liam and Noel.
0: Basically. Yeah. The book described the O'Farrell Theater as, quote, a mirrored house of sleaze, <laughs> filled with bikini-clad predators hustling money from men too insecure or ugly to get girls anywhere. Oh my other
1: god, women. sign me up. <laughs> this sounds like a dream job yeah. for me. We 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 should hey, what are we, <laughs> Let's go to San Francisco and start a business. <laughs> I mean, it is like the most expensive city to live in. Okay, that, like that's in not go to San Francisco yeah. let's stay where we are yeah, and, start, and a start this business <laughs> yeah.
0: when I started this story I said that one of the brothers killed the other yeah so it's finally time to talk about that yeah on February 27th 1991 so the identity theft Rafe murdering people it, that all happened after this yeah uh, February 27th 1991 Jim drove to Artie's house with a 22 caliber rifle that he had inherited from their father yeah and shot Artie dead In an O'Farrell dancer who was dating Artie at the time? Not the uh, one cast in the Green uh, Door. Right, system. another one because he's um, a revolving door. Immediately called nine one one, and police arrested Jim moments later. He,
1: right, he did, What was the what, what was precipitated this motive? rash act? Yeah, you may yeah ask. yes, okay, yeah. What's his motive?
0: Apparently, Jim had been inundated with demands by friends and associates to quote do something about alcohol and cocaine-addled Artie. So he fucking killed him? Shooting and killing his brother was the best idea that Jim came up with.
1: How about rehab? (laughs) How about sit him down and have a strong-worded conversation? I told you this is how every episode of Intervention starts. They come from a good family. They were supportive. They were good in school. Successful. Mm -hmm. Straight A's. Oh, who's a cheerleader? This is the captain of the football team. And then all rich white people. Get your shit together. And then all of a sudden... Oh, and and then we got divorced, and then my kids are on meth.
0: Yep. Stealing people's identity. Yeah. The jury at Jim's trial rejected the charge of murder and instead found him guilty of voluntary manslaughter. That is murder one. That must have been some real good lawyering in his defense.
1: Well, he didn't use his
0: sister-in-law. We know that. Well, right. But he drove there with the gun in his car. What? What other conclusion can you reach other than premeditation he that's murder one correct he drove there with With a gun
1: knock 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 my brother opens the door I shoot him yeah what are you talking about
0: before Jim's sentencing numerous people spoke on his behalf what presumably appealing for clemency including former mayor Frank Jordan (laughs) sheriff Michael Hennessy and former police chief Richard Hongisto no the mayor, the sheriff, and police chief... Sanctioned this, basically. ...all said, yeah, he shot the guy, but... Uh, no, what? That's insane. I mean... This isn't... They had a struggle. They, he, yeah. he, you know,
1: he had a struggle. He was trying to fight with his brother to get him to see reason. The gun went off. How? Oops. You know what I mean? This is, You drove there to kill like, your fucking brother. What is happening at the O'Farrell with like, you quote-unquote know quote, influential Oh, get out people. of here, Mike. Don't even try me right that now. Was you more know rhetorical. exactly yeah. what's going. That was more on. Rhetorical. They're also drinking and doing drugs and getting blowies from the dancers exactly. and having sex with these actors yeah. slash actresses. Exactly. And they didn't want their shit to go left. He's already probably in yeah. here, like, like uh, if I had to guess, there like were a lot Arthur of... fucking Shelby yeah. just fucking shit up left and right for everybody. If and I, they're like, if... "Yo, we gotta get this under control." If da- I, if that I had didn't to mean guess. shoot him.
0: Uh, there were probably some deleted scenes filmed with some of these people, if you know what I mean. I
1: know what you mean. Yeah, if yeah. I had to if I had to yeah. take a guess. Yeah. Uh,
0: but that's a similar reaction. I was watching...
1: I bet you there was a secret camera
0: oh, set up,
1: 100%. and they found out, and all of a sudden we need to do something about art. Yeah. Arthur. Right. Right.
0: Um, before we started recording, I was watching uh, Murder Under the Friday Night Lights. Right. And one of the investigators was talking, and I don't want to tell you too much because I actually think I'm going to write up this story this week. Okay.
1: Oh, so Um, I should. I will stay off it then. It's
0: very short, and it actually led me to another one that has kind of a similar thing with the police. Okay. Um, But he was like, now why would this happen? Why would that happen? And I'm literally talking at the TV. You know why this would happen. (laughs) I was sitting here alone with the dog. Yeah. No, I was talking to nobody. I said it out loud. You know exactly why. You know exactly
1: what happened. Yeah, I know
0: exactly why. Jim Mitchell was sentenced to... No. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six years in prison.
1: I thought you were going to say months. I was ready to lose it. Six, I mean, six years is not six enough. Six years but for still. killing your
0: brother. Yeah. One of the outcomes of Jim's trial was that the California courts allowed in a precedent-setting decision. So these guys are, like, involved in shit that we still know about. Yeah a computer animation reenactment of the murder to be entered into evidence. Now, anybody (laughs) who's seen Jury jury Duty. (laughs) So that joke wouldn't have happened without these guys and without this particular murder. Oh, my God. The animation was produced by Alexander Jason, a crime scene analyst who had first planned to make a video to show the complex series of events that ended with Artie's fatal shooting. But the animation was easier to control, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. So it showed the positions of Jim, Artie, the bullet They're impacts. They literally watching
1: a cartoon yeah. of my
0: brother's murder. Yeah. And the path taken by the bullets as they went into Artie. So it was sure. all like, yep, yeah, this is how it happened. In his final argument before the jury, Jim's lawyer had attempted to mock this computer graphic. However, the success of the method led, obviously, to its use even to this day. Jim served how many?
1: Of the six years? Of his six years. Two? Three. Oh, okay.
0: So he served three years of his six and was released in 1997. He went back to managing the O'Farrell and created the Artie Fund. No! Get
1: fucking out of my fucking goddamn face! You killed him!
0: You, you want to know, murdered your brother. You want to know what the Artie Fund's mission statement was? I or why it was in existence? Can to, we put it on a T-shirt? To collect money for local drug rehabs. What, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking
1: about? And rehab. It had
0: a second second mission. Uh, it was also raising money for the Surf Rescue Squad for the San Francisco Fire Department.
1: No. And I'll tell you why. No. In
0: 1990, one year before Jim killed him, Artie Don't had tell been- do he tried to get his fucking lifeguard
1: license or some stupid bullshit.
0: He was caught in a riptide <laughs> off Ocean Beach. Yeah. Jim paddled out to help, <laughs> and the surf rescue squad had aided in bringing them both oh back. Oh, my God. Duh. The Mitchells, out of gratitude- issued lifetime O'Farrell passes to the squad members. Yeah. You saved my life! Come watch these nipples. Free porn for yeah. life! Artie's kids saw right through the fund, oh <laughs> claiming God. it's a simple reputation whitewash for Jim, obviously. And just a money grab. Yeah, just like you said. Uh, in the year 2000, the story was dramatized. No. We're going to have no, a movie marathon. No, we are
1: having a fucking movie night. We're watching part because one.
0: Part two, and then this one. Uh, in a movie titled Rated X, starring real-life brothers, any guesses?
1: Oh, shit. What year?
0: Uh, 2000.
1: Baldwin Brothers?
0: No. One of the brothers directed this. Huh. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. No. <laughs> As Artie and Jim and Emilio Estevez directed. Is Jim? He directed. He's Jim, though. Uh, Tell me
1: Charlie is. is Artie.
0: Who's older? I, no, Charlie has to be already. Charlie has to be already. We'll, we'll report he, back once we try to
1: I mean, come on. Yeah. He has to be the fucking yeah. out of control one.
0: Jim would live for 10 more years after getting out of prison and died on July 12, 2007 from an apparent heart attack. Yeah. After the funeral, Jim was buried next to his brother. No. And wow. that was the story of the Mitchell His brothers. brother <laughs>
1: is probably like, yo, fuck. You. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want my
0: eternal resting place to be shared with this cocksucker. He fucking murdered me. Who got the idea to raise money for rehabs in prison, apparently, after killing me because rehab wasn't. That wasn't top of mind? <clears throat> I guess not. Sir? I guess not. So thank you, A24, for bringing this one uh, in my path. There was a second movie poster with a caption that talked about A name that appeared on this poster that when they were putting the magazine together, they couldn't track anything down for this name other than a notorious drug and weapons smuggler that operated out of Miami. (laughs) Who then was like related to all this other stuff. So I was trying to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. It's wild too. I need to. This one seemed more a little easier to tell. My life is so boring. I mean, it was. I need to get ridiculous. involved in a heist or yeah. something. Yeah.
1: Like my life is dead boring. <laughs> this is
0: crazy. Yeah, this is wild, wild stuff. So look to—we're to we're having a movie night. Yeah, my man. Look to our uh Instagram. I'll put a picture of the poster. <laughs> MAF podcast um, show. <laughs>
1: yes, at MAF yeah, podcast. I'll tag show. Florence Pugh in it.
0: Fingers crossed. Ah, oh, tag her. Um, I'll put a picture of the poster uh, yeah. that caught my eye with the, the caption that just said, they worked together until one killed the other. There's no other information it, in this caption. <laughs> That's literally
1: it. I mean, but aren't you intrigued? Yeah. Wouldn't you have made that film?
0: Yeah. It, Except for uh, the
1: uh, Estevez
0: yeah. Sheen brothers beat you to it. Right. Um so I'll, I'll put that in there. I'll put some, uh, obviously, pictures of the O'Farrell. So check out our Instagram, MAF Podcast Show, <laughs> yeah. uh, to check it out there. If uh, you have any movie suggestions along the lines of email this, us, email us at mafpodcastshow at gmail.com. Yes. And you can follow along on the YouTube where, obviously, we won't be posting any porn. Right. Uh, but
1: That's a different platform. Yeah, different platform. Michael.
0: Which we're not currently Wait, on. Michael but who is, knows?
1: Michael is yeah. not currently on. Yeah.
0: Um, but the YouTube is Murder Amongst Friends podcast. Yeah. And happy Mother's Day. Happy to everybody Mother's again. Day
1: again, everyone. <laughs> what a Mother's Day story, boy! Oh, I'm sure yeah. their mom was very proud. Very, proud.
0: Very, very proud indeed. Uh, so until next time. Until everybody... next
1: time, guys. Don't kill your siblings, and. Uh... I mean, if you're going to do porn. Do it well. Practice safe sex. Goodbye.
0: Don't participate in In a a porn (laughs) movie where porn reviewers would say this is the worst porn ever made.
1: And if you're going to have a posh wank, if someone tells you they had a posh wank, they cheated on you. Goodbye. Goodbye.